just keep being you. Welcome to the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Horlbogen. I'm on a mission to foster civility, respect, and integrity with a dash of sartorial elegance in the boardroom and beyond. And I invite you to join me on my quest. Never have to be like anybody else cause you're my favorite person when you're being yourself. A true original right from the start, straight from the heart, a great work of art, you stand apart. Rosanna Ortiz is president and founder of RMOPR, a project resource and public relations firm, and the CEO and founder of Rhode Island Fashion Week, Style Week Northeast. Rosanna Ortiz grew up in Southern California and went to college in Boston, Mass., where she studied advertising and public relations. Rosanna started her professional career when she became the founder and creative director for a small firm in the Washington, D.C. market. Rosanna moved to the Boston area where she became a woman's foot- footwear representative for Via Spiga and Franco Sardo. Rosanna was also writing for Boston Publications, which led to her covering regional fashion weeks. Rosanna moved to Providence, Rhode Island, and started Style Week Northeast. She approached the city of Providence for help in her new venture. David Cicilline, then mayor and now U.S. Congressman from Rhode Island, recognized the importance of her idea. Style Week has become the premier regional fashion week for local and national fashion designers in the U.S. and beyond. Rosanna uses all of her skills as a public relations executive and networker to make Style Week Northeast an internationally recognized fashion event, which has been featured twice in Forbes magazine. She was named 11 to watch by the Providence Journal. It was included in 40 Under 40 in Providence Business News. Rosanna has sat on the board of directors for Fashion Group International and the American Heart Association in Southern New England. In the summer of 2017, Rosanna worked with the Newport Preservation Society to stage a benefit Pierre Cardin fashion show at the Breakers in Newport for Monsieur Cardin himself. Hi, Rosanna. Welcome to the Gentlewoman Boss podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, a very humbling experience to be here. Well, I'm humbled that you you accepted my invitation. Um, I, you know, for those um, I read your bio earlier. Um, for those that uh, aren't aware of who you are, um, but I know many of my listeners are because a lot are in the New England area and familiar oh. with the great work you've done um, with fashion and style and getting uh, the Northeast on the map. You know, besides. Manhattan, right? Getting getting some fashion attention on Providence and Boston area and so forth. So why don't you tell us, um, Rosanna, a little, for those of uh, listening that are, you're new to them, um, about your work and um, your, your, a little bit of your background and how you came to be where you're at today. Sure. Um, so I'm the founder and CEO of Style Week Northeast. So I started Style Week back in, gosh, the idea 2009 when I moved to Providence from Boston. And our first Style Week was in 2010. Um, at the time, it was called Style Week Providence, so beloved name. And what I wanted to do was I really thought that Providence was a perfect location to sustain a business-minded fashion week. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I always tell people that 
10% of Style Week Northeast is the fashion. The 90% is everything else from the networking, sponsors, partnerships, um, all of the constituency that comes to our shows, what comes from that, businesses and relationships that have come from, you know, our five to seven day events. It really has parlayed into a nice constituency for the New England area. Mm -hmm. So when I started in 2010, I essentially went through the municipalities firstly, where I was banging on David Cicilline's door. And one night I ran into him at an event and I'm like, I have a pitch for you. Um, so I explained to him that, you know, fashion weeks can be an economic driver for communities and to look at it as a trade show, if you will, you know, a home show mm -hmm. or a boat show, um, not just, you know, a marginalized fashion event. So I looked at this fashion week in a different light. Um, I looked at it about promoting the right designers, designers who are working designers, mm -hmm. and also making sure and ensuring that the right people attended the, the fashion week to ensure that they were helping propel everybody's careers that were there, like buyers, press, mm -hmm. bloggers, influencers. There were many fashion events that I would attend in the Boston area. And honestly, they were just like glorified cocktail parties. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, what's the business? Like, what do the designers leave with? Um, you know, the production of a fashion event done well is incredibly expensive. There's so much that goes into it. What is the business portion of this? So that was my mind going into it. And in 2010, we, we had a sold out show. Um, we were five nights. We opened up with a New York designer. We closed with a Project Runway designer, and it took off more than I thought it would. You just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I remember I didn't attend it, but I remember reading about it, you know, watching everything yeah. on Instagram and YouTube videos, and it was like, boom. It was it was amazing. It was, I mean, I was shocked, honestly. I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't think that this was going to be a thing. I really did not ever think it would turn into a career for, you know, a good seven years right. um, at that time, but it really, it took off. And so we became biannual. We were five to seven days. Um, you know, it was crazy right after one style week ended, we would just go right into planning the next. Mm -hmm. And to date, we have had 20 style weeks. And we have shown over 280 designers on our runway from all over. So really proud. That's, that is um, an amazing backstory. And I think you are so, it just shows your business savvy because you, you came into it as much as you, we love fashion and style, right? You understood there was a business foundation that had to exist, right? To, to make this work. And especially to pitch it, like you said, to the municipalities. I mean, I've heard over and over again that how overlooked Providence is like as an area for hosting things. We know it's beautiful here. We know we have fantastic restaurants. We have great bars. We have waterfront. We have the beaches. We it's a gorgeous place to host something. But like you said, you had to make it about the city. What is in it for them? And the bottom line is they want to bring, they want cash flow. They want money to come in with this, right? And it does. It brings out out of towners. It brings, I mean, when I did get, get to attend in 2019, which was amazing, you know, it was oh. like going out for dinner and drinks after and just making a night of it. It was so fun. And um, that was extremely, that, that just shows your business finesse that you, you did approach it from that. You know, that's amazing. And no, I think- 
you know, you touched upon it, you know, perfectly. It, it was the ripple effect, you know, so it wasn't just like, we're going to the event. No, you're driving in, you know, you might utilize our hair salons, you might go to the mall, yeah. you know, you might stay over if you're driving in from, you know, out of town, but you go to the restaurants and the bars after. So it really was the ripple effect of a whole week. So I'm glad that you, uh, you yeah, said. absolutely. And that, that, um, you know, that, that's where you have to provide value, right. To the people that are going to give you the permission basically, or, or back you. And you, and now I think, especially once COVID hit, right. I know that must've been very devastating for you and your team, but the fact that you've been able to have your might more micro events and you have the backing of a major, like capital grill is willing to take you, you know, you've got, because you've built that reputation, that's not just about let's look at great clothes for two hours. It's about, we're bringing this major event to the city, right? And driving mm -hmm. revenue and driving visitors and, and reviews and people take it home and they talk about it. So yeah, that's the payoff yeah. for all your hard work the five years before. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, um, it's interesting. So I, we did, I did take a hiatus in 2016 mm -hmm. where I stopped for a year because it was really all consuming. Yeah. Um, and not to mention, you know, style makers are incredibly, um, expensive to produce because one thing I am a stickler about is the production level and what you leave with after the event are the photos. And if the lighting is terrible, you know, if the seating doesn't look pristine, if the runway doesn't look good, that's all is from the phone, right? So production has been incredibly expensive. So I took a year off to kind of reassess the brand. And that's what brought me back into public relations. So I opened up my own public relations mm -hmm. agency in 2013. So, and then we came back with Saturday in 2017. So, <laughs> right, right. So when, speaking of that, why don't you tell us about RMOPR? <laughs> Yeah, so um, I did go to school for advertising and public relations, and public relations was always close to my heart. It's funny because I'm one of those people who doesn't really like to say that I'm in PR, because sometimes PR people have a little bit of a negative stigma attached with them. Um, so I say I'm like, oh, I'm a professional teacher and I'm a project resource. So, but we are, we specialize in social media, traditional public relations, mm -hmm. crisis management, um, help a couple of fashion designers now and in the past with what they should do with their businesses. Mm -hmm. um, I also work with construction firms. I work with the state of Massachusetts. So the, our client and customer base is pretty, pretty vague. Yeah. And broad, it sounds like it's broad too. I, I think, um, you know, you mentioned about the crisis management and that's something my previous uh, guest I interviewed this week, we talked about too, because how important, how critical it is to have that ready at a moment's notice, the response, right? All of that, because it's a little crazy out there. People are a little crazy these days, <laughs> you know, COVID's uh, taking its toll. So uh, yeah. businesses have to be ready to pivot quickly and protect their brand and their name. And yeah, so that's a, a mm -hmm. very, a, you know, highly valued service, I'm sure. Um, so I mentioned earlier about your team, you know, being affected to going through having to make all the changes during the pandemic. And I know from following you on social media that you have a fantastic tribe of women that support you. I know some of them work with you. Some of them are just, you know, support. Yeah. Um, has it always been like that for you in your career? And if it wasn't, how did you find those, those gold mine people, you know, to pull in, to really have your back and, and help you have business succeed? 
That's a great question. Um, everything in my life happens organically, and I try to make sure that that always remains. And I think that Style Week has really helped with me getting to know all of these wonderful people who have become really best friends. And I've been blessed with that. Um, and it just kind of parlayed into that where, you know, they would come to Style Week and, you know, a lot, a lot of my really dear friends are in the writing industry, magazine, TV, um, and really it all did derive from the Style Week events. And I'm really good at taking care of my relationships. Um, you know, I had a mentor tell me it's very easy to get a client or get a relationship, but it's harder to keep it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you don't foster your relationships as you would any other one that's close to your heart, you're, you're going to lose it, right? So you got to water right. that tree. Um, but yeah, I'm, I have a great group of people around me. I'm very, very blessed. And, you know, I, I always look for more people too. Where <laughs> we have such a wonderful community here. And I tell people, you know, when you're, when you're living in Providence, and I'm not from Rhode Island originally, but I feel like I am a Rhode Islander now, <laughs> but, you know, you have this... I don't know, like protection feeling for everybody in our community who are trying to succeed because you know what they're going through. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think what you said too about fostering those, nurturing those relationships, I don't know, um, you know, I was fired a few years ago. So in the interim, especially in the beginning, I, I spent a lot of time on LinkedIn networking, you know, job searching, the whole thing. And it, it's funny because some people, you know, like they send you a connection request and then you accept it. And within seconds, there's just like pitch in your inbox. You know, I see that you have this company and do you have an email service list or whatever? And I think, why is that? Like, I, not even a hello, how are you? How are things where you are? You know, I just find it shocking that people think that you can do business like that. Shocking. Yeah, so, it's you know, actually, LinkedIn is so bad with that right now. It's actually starting to annoy me. And that's the thing where like everybody wants something from you without trying to create a relationship with you. And I think that we're going down that road a little bit with the narration where it's like, mm -hmm. what can you do for me rather than giving to get? And I do come from the place of giving to get always professionally. Right. Like, like we started out offer, what value can you bring with this amazing concept you have? Right. It's not, yeah, I, I just find it shocking, but that also, that also ripple effects into what, how you take care of the people in your life, because you, it, you aren't concerned just about you and that, and people sense that. So that's a beautiful thing, Rosanna. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so have you, um, I know you've, you've had quite a career, very successful, but let's be honest, entrepreneurship is a challenge, solopreneurship, some people call it. Um, it can be, there can be lots of um, difficult days too. I'm just wondering, especially as a female, you know, entrepreneur, uh, were there any lessons, business lessons you learned or took away from it that you could share with my listeners? Um, maybe like inspiration, like not to give up or <laughs> one bad thing doesn't mean everything's over, anything like that? Um, you know, I love how you're calling me an entrepreneur because you're definitely like thinking so highly of me. I, I never refer to myself as an entrepreneur. I don't think I've reached that level in my mind. I'm very hard on myself and I always feel like I can keep doing better and better and better. Um, so thank you for calling me that. I can't wait to go out and tell my husband, like, I was just called an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, so I didn't, I didn't even think about that, but what the advice that I could give is say no more than you say yes. You have to be selective mm -hmm. with who you work with. You have to be selective of what projects you do to ensure that they're a perfect fit for you. 
And for instance, I won't take on a PR client that I wouldn't be a patron of, or I wouldn't be a, um, you know, I wouldn't like, if you will, like, if, mm -hmm. I'm not going to take on a client where, you know, if I don't go to a certain venue, uh, it's probably, I, I can't identify with it properly and I can't properly promote it for them. So um, I think coming from a place of know in a positive way and just being selective mm -hmm. i think that can be a, a very empowering thing for a young female um you know person who's trying to start out and, and start her own business yeah that's a very wise advice i think because the other danger it can be spreading ourselves too thin not only are we not staying true to our core or our you know, the quality, the standard we expect of ourselves and the work we put out and the people we serve. But sometimes that um, the pressure of being afraid to refuse a client, which is essentially a few refusing revenue can get us into a position where we aren't being bringing our whole self because we don't maybe don't believe in it, it to begin with anyway. And there's becomes that conflict. And then you're just not going to bring your best work to the table. So Exactly. And I never want young women to conflate a monthly retainer with that project being good for them. You know, money will come if you are making the right moves by your gut and your soul, it will come. But don't, you know, sell yourself short in the sense of working with everyone and saying yes to everything. Um, one, you don't want to come off as, you know, you're, you're undervaluing yourself right. and you know, you're trying to get like all these clients. And, and two, you want to make sure that you, this partnership is perfect for the both. That has to, there has to be a synergy. Yeah, I agree with that. I had an experience with the Gentlewoman Boss podcast has been named top 20 best month reporting podcasts of 2021 by Welp Magazine, number 36 of 200 in top entrepreneurship podcasts by Podchaser, and top 20 best whistleblower podcasts for 2021 by CastBox Media. For sponsorship opportunities, please visit our website at thegentlewomanboss.com. My podcast, um, when I had first, well, I was a few months into it, and I had a, a request in a DM from um, an author in England that was having a book come out. So we jumped on a call. You know, I was just curious, and yeah. it was about uh, toxic workplaces, workplace bullying, all the things I was really advocating for or against, <laughs> and he he sort of got me to offer him, you know, a slot. And then <laughs> it was like, he took over. He sent me the Microsoft Teams invitation to, you know, which means he would be hosting it, which means he had the recording. He would have the video. And I'm thinking, do you know how this works? Like that's, oh my goodness. I just, and so I, I sat back and I'm like, and I just, it's what you said. I got, I sort of got this uncomfortable feeling. And I, I just, it was difficult for me because I, I don't like to tell people no. And I had already said I would, he could be on, but I, I sat down and I just put my, you know, I said, no, I have to do what, what sets right with me. And I sent him a very kind email, but just, you know, dismissed the appointment. Um, and then the next day I got a one-star review on my podcast. So I'm wondering if that was him. I don't know. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps he was passive aggressively telling you that he wasn't okay with it, but that's a very good point. <laughs> You always need to set your boundaries hundred percent professionally, professionally. And, you know, personally, I always tell all of my mentees and my account coordinators, set your boundaries mm -hmm. and saying no is so powerful 
And, you know, I have a very dear friend right now, we're kind of going over exercises together about that, where there is nothing wrong with saying no. Actually, it does make you way more confident mm -hmm. and it is an empowerment feeling for you to say no. If you really don't want to do something, don't do it. And it's okay. Exactly. And it is a complete sentence, right? Exactly. No, is like, because that's why I get no, because, oh, you know, no, I just then, can't do that right now. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and as we get, I think as we get older or as we mature and we become like aware, like you said, we, we have to have those boundaries. They're just, they're so important. Um, yeah, that's excellent advice. Excellent. So I want to, um, I'd like to talk, oh, let's talk a little bit about the show coming up. Can we talk about, um, sure. the, it's October 14th, 2021, right in Providence. So why don't you tell us about the designers and, or whatever you want to tell us, share Absolutely. about it. Okay. No, thank you so much for this. Um, so yes, yeah, so we are back at the Capitol Grill for our micro fashion event. So with COVID, we're not going back to the convention center, probably until the end of 2022, but we're we're still trying to finagle that out. Mm -hmm. um, however, the patio at the Capitol Grill has just been such a wonderful backdrop for Providence for um, Style Week. You have the backdrop of Providence, it's great. So it's a one night event on Thursday and we are showing four designers. So four working designers, so excited. So we're opening up with Jack Label and she was actually one of my seed contestants in 2019 from Mass Art. Oh, yes, I saw, I, then I saw her, I saw yeah, her. Yes, yes, I'll, Jacqueline I'll, Monez. I have to look up her her design. So great, very artistic. It it literally is like walking art. She has a wonderful collection, and her collection is presented by Kent Stetson. So he is mentoring her. It's a great it's a great great partnership. Wow. And then we have Hope McDonald who is returning. So she showed with me when I did Style Week in Miami in 2012. Mm -hmm. And now she's coming back. So she's based in New York, but she, I call her the princess of Providence because she's from Providence. <laughs> oh, she's her family is lovely. They're from here. They're just such a great little group. And then we have Tatiana Aryan and she's a Boston based designer, super feminine, classic, love her. Mm -hmm. I call her the sleeper hit of the show because all of her garments I would wear and I wear the same thing all the time. So <laughs> I'm so bad at my fashion, so bad. Um, I know you talk about your uniform all the time. <laughs> Oh my God, like black laser, like everything, total uniform. It's easy, right? Black kimono. <laughs> like easy, easy. And then we're ending the night with Hope, uh, with um, Amy Page de Blasio. And she is just the star of the show. She is so cute. I'm so excited for her show. She's also incorporating menswear. So the men who oh. are attending will have, uh, yes, will have some options as well. Okay, my male listeners, who I'm, I'm a little concerned <laughs> about losing you because I'm switching to a little bit more of a fashion podcasts. Well, I'm still talking yeah, about leadership and, and, and manners yeah. and etiquette, but I am also incorporating fashion because I love it. So um, yeah, there will be stuff at this show for the guys. So pay attention guys. And um, I'm sure eventually there'll be stuff um, uploaded to YouTube, right? Don't you, isn't there some of the channel sort of have little clips yes. of the show? Yeah, we do that. And then we also do Instagram live and Facebook live. And of course we have our photo galleries up the next day on our Facebook and Instagram okay. as well. Yeah, so we could actually, if we can't attend in person for whatever reason, we could watch the Facebook Live or the Instagram Live. Yeah, which is, is such an amazing tool that we have now to actually be, you could be someone on the other side of the world and feel like you're at that show. It's just so neat. It's, it's so crazy, neat. right? And the world is so much smaller. Like the contacts that I make just through a DM mm -hmm. is insane. 
the world has become so much smaller with these phones. Like smaller, but bigger at the same time too, because our world has exploded, right? Yes. Because everything (laughs) is now accessible. So it's just, it's just such an interesting time to to be alive. So exciting. So the show is, um, like you said, the Capitol Grill and tickets are still available. Tickets are still available. We're about 75% sold out. Okay. So I do urge people to get them when they can. And our swag bags are insane. Um, so it's all front row. We have a little bit of second row. Capital Grill provides food and hors d'oeuvres in the beginning and it's, it's, um, waiter service so you don't have to go into the bar so they just have such a lovely setup for us it's really beautiful it's sort of like i was watching some like 1950s paris shows they were very in fashion you know design but they were very intimate there weren't like thousands of people at them it was a very intimate group and same thing they were like waiters with trays serving champagne to the patrons it was just i think your this this show on this level has that very intimate vibe in it almost like a very elegant evening out so that's who doesn't want that absolutely that's exactly (laughs) what we want people to think it is and it is more like the parisian shows and you know fashion shows really started out within small environments like Mm -hmm. that and then we got big and then you know we got the new york you know tents and it was great but i kind of i I'm, i'm loving going back to the original ethos of how you percent fashion shows yeah and then and then you get the interest you know the word gets out interest comes and they it directs that you direct them to the designer who can take it from there right whether they want a sample made or yeah I love that you know I love all vintage stuff so I know Um, you do (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so great so um and uh, parking is, there's all, if, if they visit Style Week Northeast, it's styleweeknortheast.com is a website. All the information is there about parking, about how to get your ticket, uh, when you can show up, what to wear. You need to know what to wear, <laughs> which is very flexible. Come as you are. Your style is your style. Right. There's no judgment. I always called Style Week a no judgment and a no a-hole zone. So <laughs> yeah, we are the fashion week that are very accommodating and we definitely don't want to seem that we're pretentious or anything. Come as you are. Just have a good time. Have a good time. And like, if you, if you need to deck out because you haven't been out in almost two 100%. years, go for it. But if you want to come in your jeans and a blazer and loafers, that's fine too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I just, speaking of your, your previous shows, um, I remember I was invited. So I, I was fired in, in the late summer of 2019. And then Christine Francis of uh-huh. Carmen and Ginger texted me or sent me a DM and said, Hey, I have a ticket for style week. You know, are you interested? And I was like, heck yes. Like, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, first thing, what am I going to wear? But anyway, I was so excited. We, we met downtown and we were, I was like in line for cocktails or something and we saw you. So you and I had never met in person prior to that. And right. You remember and, meeting and she's you like, oh, she's like, oh, there's Rosanna. And I'm like, oh, don't bother her. She's so busy. And she goes, let's just, we'll just say hi, you know, Christine. And I'm like, okay. Like following her like a little puppy. And, and you were so you stopped, like you're putting on this huge fashion show in a brand new venue. I think that was the first time it was at that, the convention center. Open space. So it was fully open. Like you said, the lighting, Mm -hmm. I cannot even imagine all things you were, you know, first time in a new venue and you stood there and shook my hand and we chatted and like, like you were 
you were sort of just there for the food. Like you, like you would never know you had any stress on you, any pressure <laughs> on you. You were so cool and so sweet and so genuinely happy to meet me and see me. And I'll never forget it. It was like, that yeah. is a gentlewoman. I thought that is, that is a professional gentlewoman at work right there. I was so, I mean, I was just impressed. So oh, that really, really makes my day. And, you know, I really appreciate you saying that. And, you know, it's funny because I do have a lot of people who say you handle stress so well. Like I really do. I, I am definitely great in crisis situations and I'm very calm. And I look at it this way. You were there as an attendee. You could have purchased a ticket. You could have come with somebody who I invited. It doesn't matter. You're still there as my attendee and I am here for you. And my stresses and whatever I was going through is about me. And so I try to make sure that it's not, you don't know that. And I don't want you to know if I'm stressed or anything like that. I want you guys to have a good time. Um, so it's very important to me that all of the attendees feel it's about them and it's not about me running around. Oh my God, glamour. Oh my God, I'm so busy. Oh my God, I have a headset. You know what I mean? Like that's just not my personality at all. I'm not a narcissist. It's well, about you, everybody else. Yeah, you you excel at that. Like really grace under pressure and, um, cry, you know, like I can see why you focus on crisis management with your company because you, you would be great at representing an organization <laughs> during a crisis. Like, this is the girl you want. Listen to me. Yeah. So that I'll never forget that. And that leads me, um, Rosanna, to my last, well, it didn't have to be the last question, but I, I forgot the last, my last interview. I want to make sure I get it in. I like to ask my guests, um, what quality of a gentlewoman do you think is most important to emulate and why? Ooh, what quality? Hmm. That's, there are so many in my head. So, I mean, I'm huge on integrity. Um, I think, in, I mean, integrity comes to mind and also finesse. Um, so I think that it's very, very important to, uh, can I provide an example? Absolutely. So, um, and I, I was just talking to my account coordinator about this the other day. So now that we have social media, you know, that's such an interesting outlet for us to do whatever we want with it, right? We can be positive with it. We can be controversial with it. Um, you can, you, people can use it as a bullying tactic, whatever. Right. But I always make sure that we never, ever talk about how busy or stressed we are or how overwhelmed we are, or be dramatic, or talk about our clients in a negative way. And it's amazing how many people do that. And I just don't know if they know that they're doing that. So and we have to be very, very, very cautious about what we put out in social media. Mm. So I think it really is a, a, like a, a finesse thing and just knowing what not to do more than knowing what to do. Which I think is sort of... I'm sure it can be developed as a quality, but it might be a little something inherent in a, your personality type or where it, I think it goes back to that um, self-awareness of being concerned about others right before yourself. And exactly. because how would a client, if a client got wind that you were complaining how stressed you were and they knew the day before they handed you this horrible issue or crisis to deal with that obviously added to your stress and that could kind of break some of the trust, right? Or the right. Um, confidence. Well, it makes me look incapable or it makes me look like I can't handle it. And I definitely don't want anybody to think that ever, right. but I think it really is integrity. I think integrity is the biggest quality, um, that, and even if it's, it's not a quality, but you know, you need to know what 
you need to know the right thing to do always and always have accountability. Um, so I always try to teach this to, you know, the people who work with me and like integrity is everything. Admit everything, take accountability for everything, be that person who owns everything positive, sometimes negative, and then you learn from it. But always be that class act person. I love that. Love it. That is one of my my big uh, I, I agree with that because if some if your integrity become is called into question, then the trust goes out the window. It doesn't matter how much what you've done up to that point, right? Mm-hmm. It, it just breaks something there that's very difficult to get back. So that was beautiful. And I think these are <laughs> I think these are quite it's so funny when I get to this part in the podcast with my guests, everyone struggles to pick just one thing. And I think that's good because that shows that there people are thinking about the kind of person they bring to the table, the kind of, you know, like you said, I, am I, am I a class act when I come to the table? Like, what are my, they're conscious. They have that consciousness of wanting to do and be a good, do well and be a good person. So, um, yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's wonderful. So I know your website's under construction, but, um, October 15th, it's going to be launched. I can't wait. So exciting. (laughs) But um, so where can people find you though online or if they'd like to get in touch with you, Rosanna? Yeah, they can absolutely find me online. Um, I have my Instagram that's open. So anybody can contact me there. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, You know, my email is super easy. Rosanna at rmopr.com. Find me through Style Week. But yes, I mean, I'm always open to have a conversation with anyone, even if it's a glass of wine, a cup of coffee, to talk about life, the universe, whatever. (laughs) And I can attest to that. She's very, very approachable and very um, a joy to spend time with, for sure. So ditto. All right. Well, I, I wish you the abs- you and your amazing team and all the designers the absolute best on the 14th. We're cheering for you. And um, I'm going to, this, um, we'll be dropping this episode about a week earlier to help get the word out about the show. And again, I'll, I'll put um, Rosanna's contact information in the podcast notes for my listeners. If you, if you're interested in getting a ticket or um, becoming a sponsor for the show. Um, if you'd like to uh, attend us press, if I know I have a lot of journalist people in my network, um, just make sure you reach out to her and get in touch. You've got about a week and a half to get that all wrapped up. So take advantage of this great opportunity with Rosanna Ortiz. Thank you so much. Okay. I will see you soon. Thank Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the gentlewoman boss podcast. Please remember to download my podcast so you can listen whenever and wherever you'd like. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much if you've already done so. It really does help with ratings and distribution of the show. I also invite you to email me if you'd like to share your story or if you have a question you'd like answered on an upcoming episode of the show. Just visit thegentlewomanboss.com and click on the contact tab at the top to email me. You can also follow me on social media at gentlewomanboss. And if you prefer to watch podcasts rather than just listen to the audio version, my episodes are also uploaded on my YouTube channel in video format as well. Click subscribe and when new episodes drop, they'll show up in your YouTube feed. It's super easy. So until next time, remember, always choose to be the gentlewoman or gentleman in the room. I'll see you soon for the next episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast.